wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. And we're back, folks, here on Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, April 9th, 2020. I am Graham Jason Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well for this post-WrestleMania roundup from WrestleMania weekend. Too big for just one night, uh, WrestleMania 36. I thought it was a very enjoyable show, and I know I'm not alone in sharing that opinion, as for the first time in back-to-back weeks here in the show, I just can't keep this guy away. He's like the coronavirus. Keeps on coming back. Mr. Marceau, welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio, my brother. Thanks for having me back, GSM. You texted me a couple of days ago. You're like, I would love to be on the show to break down this event because we were ta- we were texting so much during the show and after the show about it where it's like we might as well just talk about it for the show. So it's like, I completely agree. Come on on and we'll discuss uh, WrestleMania 36. Perfect, perfect. So uh, what have you been doing during your uh, quarantine? I kind of asked that last week, but uh, how have you been holding up this past? It's been about a month since they shut everything down. So uh, how have you been holding up? Um... I'm hanging in there. I mean, there's only so much Xbox and TV you can really watch. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying my best to like keep myself occupied. I mean, cer- certain days are better than others. Mm-hmm. Some, some days I'm really bored. Some days I'm like kind of not bored. I don't know. I'm just trying to like keep in contact with all my friends and stuff as well. Yeah. Shoot, like talking to you and just texting other friends and calling other people. Just just trying to keep myself preoccupied. I just when it's the same thing every day, it just gets redundant and mm-hmm. then just like. Like I said, to you, like we were talking before before the call. Like I don't even know what. Like I feel like it's most of the time I don't know what day it is. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I did the same thing I did the last three days. So I, admit, well, I have no idea what like what day is it. I don't know. Yeah, everything so, blends I'm, together. I'm there, but I mean. I'm, I'm, Trying to get through it as best as possible. Hey, talking about wrestling for an hour here on the show is a good way to kill an hour. So you were smart in recommending that. Yep. But um, you said real quickly before we get to Mania yesterday, I recommended the 24 on Edge, which was amazing. And then the Untold is good, too, um, on the HBK angle match because the match is great, too. But you said you were watching the dark side of the ring, the Brawl for All. What were your thoughts on that? I thought it was actually really good. That was really funny. <laughs> the Jim Cornette ruse and stuff, and we'll never get ultimate. I mean, like, honestly, I think the concept, like, in a, in a vacuum is a good idea. Just It just didn't play out the way it like should have mm-hmm. i mean once everyone started getting hurt i mean they should have just thought okay this is a terrible idea let's just scrap it but i mean you know them they just if they have an idea they're just going to go with it to, even if it sucks so yeah I, mean, I thought it was a good idea i think realistically they probably should have used bart gun better i mean obviously he wasn't the guy they chose but i mean i, I feel like he kind of was the star of the event and then they just kind of like didn't know what to do with them and then he got his ass kicked and basically buried his career yeah uh, by butterbean but like Jim Ross said in it, like no one got over. Mm-hmm. Nobody it, got over. 
it was just kind of really like I said in a vacuum. It's a good idea. It just didn't play out the way they wanted it to. Yeah. No, I've known about the brawl for all. I think we all know what it is. And uh, I saw some people saying, you know, it's like they had a Montreal Screwjob episode on the last season. And obviously, I mean, we all, for the most part, know the ins and outs in the Montreal Screwjob. We've heard about it a million times. I really have not heard a ton about the Brawl for All, so I thought it was very interesting. Um, the people they had on there were good. You know, D'Lo Brown was on that episode. The New Jack one, if you haven't seen that, was funny, too. Um, I mean, it's disturbing, but it's funny because the guy's just a moron. But uh, this one was good with Russo, and he's like, oh, literally the whole point why the tournament was created was not just to add realism to the company. I mean, that was a factor. But the only reason, the major reason, the biggest reason why this was even created was so Vince Russo, of all people, could prove a point to JBL. Like, that to me is so mind-bogglingly dumb. Um, It sounds like something that Vince Russo would come up with. So I thought that was very interesting. People should check out the show. It airs every Tuesday on Vice at uh, 10 p.m. It's a a great show. In season one, they have all the episodes – um, up on YouTube, on their website. I know you watched the Benoit one a couple weeks ago. That one was really good, too. Hard to watch the Eddie stuff and stuff like that. But, um, you know, still very well worth watching. But we're talking about WrestleMania here today on WrestleRant Radio. Uh, people, if they want to check out the show, they can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, NextAirWrestling.net. New episodes every, thing, uh, every single Thursday. Check out the archive as well with Mr. Marceau. He's joined me for most of these episodes over the last six, seven years, breaking down manias, previewing manias, crapping all over things, praising things. So be sure to check that out. Find him on Twitter at RJ underscore Marceau and all of his articles from years past at the uh, Marceau Two Cents, RJ's Two Cents on NextAirWrestling.net. But uh, WrestleMania going in, Mr. Marceau. We talked about it a week ago. So I already know what you were expecting, what your thoughts on it were going in. But real quickly, in a vacuum, before we even... I'll ask you this now, and I'll ask you this at the end. What were your overall thoughts on the two-day event that was WrestleMania? I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought um, going to the show, I was very optimistic. I think we both were last week when we talked about it. I thought I had the chance of being a good show. I, I mean, at this point, with everything going on, I was trying to take anything. But I thought with the matches they had and the stories they've told, especially with all the promo work, uh, they've given these these performers over the last couple of weeks. I, I think like it was probably one of the not the best build, but like probably the best promo work they've had going into WrestleMania like ever. I mean, everyone was cutting good promos. The segments were entertaining. Obviously, there weren't a ton of wrestling, but I feel like through the promos that they cut, they just told good stories and led up to the matches. And I thought the big matches that I looked forward to, they all they all succeeded. And I thought the ones that anything that I was very that I had any interest in and it delivered so I mean obviously there's some stuff that was just kind of there and I didn't really have an expectation so I don't really care that what happened but I think mm-hmm. anything that I was invested in I thought proved to be well and I, I'm glad to done with the show I'm not going to say that it benefited from having an empty arena, but it definitely did help in certain respects when it comes to, because I was thinking about this the other day, I might have mentioned this on hashtag, but like if we had Mania go on as planned, Cena and Wyatt and Styles and Taker were already like, it's not like they made those matches for this empty arena show, like those were already in the works months ago, dating back to February, January, whatever. Um, you know, I know they changed some plans there with Cena. He was supposed to face Elias. It probably worked out that he faced Wyatt instead in this environment. But like, if we were going to get Mania as, as it was originally planned, we would have gotten standard matches between the two, which I can guarantee would not have been nearly as good. Um, we'll get into it, but <clears throat> we'll get into it, but I love the Boneyard match. I love the Firefly Funhouse match. I mean, we, you were there, RJ. Would you have been looking forward to at all if you knew you were getting Cena and Wyatt one-on-one? Would you have been looking forward to that standard match, having been at WrestleMania 30 and seeing how 
they just have no chemistry together as regular opponents in a normal match setting. Yeah, I would not have been a fan of that. I do love Bray Wyatt, and you know, you've known this for a while. I just he isn't the greatest in ring worker. So I mean, any I haven't really seen a ton of great matches from him. So I mean, his wrestle. I think the match at WrestleMania 30. I just think the dynamic and kind of the story they were telling just kind of put on a really boring match. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could have fixed it this time from the mistakes they made before, but. I think the actual Firefly Funhouse, like the cinematic match, was what is what they needed to do. Like another one-on-one match, I mean, just wouldn't have been that good. I really haven't really been a big fan of how they booked the fiends, just like in ring wise. You mm-hmm. just like it's like undestructible. Besides when Goldberg beats them, but yeah. I just think that this kind of puts on a boring match as well. So I'm just glad they went the direction they did. Yeah, and no, they played to his strengths. We'll get to it a little later, but I thought it was uh, very enjoyable. And both that and the Boneyard match, I thought, were among the highlights for uh, both nights of WrestleMania. But we did kick off night one, part one, on the kickoff show. Don't know if you see it. Cesaro beating Drew Gulak. Did you see the match at all? And any thoughts on it if you did? I did not see the match. I was getting Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> we got Domino's that day. I don't think... No, yeah, we missed it live, too. I watched it after the fact. Um, really nothing to this. It was a four-minute match. It was fun while it lasted. But my question is, Cesaro and Gulak were already on the show anyway, on this show, because they were involved in the Brian and um, Sami Zayn match. So what I don't understand <clears throat> is why they were on the kickoff show when you have so many other people that weren't even a part of the pay-per-view. And maybe they wanted the quarantine. They didn't want to be a part of the show, but, like, Jeff Hardy came back a month ago. We haven't seen him since. We haven't seen Sheamus in over a month. And I'm pretty sure he lives here in the States, so it's not like, oh, he lives over in the UK or whatever. Couldn't fly him in. I'm pretty sure he's here. They just haven't used him. So he wasn't here. Jeff Hardy wasn't here. Uh, The Viking Raiders have been all over Raw for months now for the last year, and they weren't on the pay-per-view. But yet, freaking Angel Garza and Austin Theory were. So I thought that was a little bizarre that they got a match. Good for them. But, like, there were so many more people I thought they could have used in this spot. Um, but it was what it was. So we opened the actual show with the WWE Women's Tag Team title match. Um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross beating the Kabuki Warriors to become two-time tag team champions. This got a lot more time than I think it would have on a normal WrestleMania card at 15 minutes. Now, it was a good match. It wasn't a show stealer by any means, but I thought it was good. They worked well together. The outcome did not surprise me. Um, I may have said, I feel like I said Kabuki Warrior. You know, I think I said Bliss and Cross here on the show last week. I went back and forth. But then after we discussed last week, I mean, as we discussed last week, we had mentioned that the Kabuki Warriors have beaten practically everybody. So they might as well just lose the belts now, even though Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross have also beaten everyone. It's a dead division. Who really cares? But Mr. Marceau, your thoughts on the match and now that Bliss and Cross are the new tag team champions? I thought the match was pretty good. Like you said, it went pretty long. Um, I think it was good for them. I just think it was one of those matches that could have used the crowd a little bit. I mean, Oscar just her act of just screaming and yelling, I'm sorry, it does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. It fucking annoys the hell out of me. I know people understand, I understand she's a heel and she's supposed to get heat, but like just screaming in Japanese the whole match, I mean, especially with no crowd, it's just fucking annoying as hell. Mm-hmm. So like, that was definitely my takeaway with that match. I thought it was a good match. We discussed last week, like, if they won again, who is there to face? No one really, for them to face again, they pretty much beat the division. So has Bliss and Cross, but, I mean, I guess it's something new. But yeah, those match a little long, I would say, and then I just thought it could use the crowd because Oscar screaming was really annoying. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, the match was all right, I thought, from an in-ring standpoint. They wrestled well together. It was a good match. But at the same time, it's like, it's really hard to, get, to care and to get into this division. Because it's like, there's there's just nothing there. Because Bliss and Cross have already beaten everyone. So how much can you really do? How much more can you really do, you know? 
Um, we had Elias versus King Corbin after that. The match wasn't bad. Um, it wasn't terrible. I just I just don't really... I mean, I didn't care about this going and didn't really care about it when we got it. Probably went five minutes too long, I would say. It was a nine-minute match. I just, again, could not care less. Um, I know you and Alexis had said this. I really don't mind. The fact that Elias won, I thought was nice. He gets his mania moment. The whole King Corbin, yes, I know he beat Kurt Angle last year. The thing with me, though, is like... That would mean something like if Brock broke, when he broke the streak, the guy did not lose for years, you know? Um, Corbin, it's not like he hasn't lost. He's lost to Roman Reigns. He lost to Chad Gable like six months ago. So I think people kind of forget that. Yes, he retired Kurt, but like the guy has been nothing special since he beat Kurt Angle. He's no better or worse off than he was a year ago for the most part. So I really don't have an issue with the... uh, or the outcome. I just really hope the feud ends here because I have no desire to see this continue. But um, your thoughts, Mr. Marceau, when King Corbin versus Elias, was it what you basically expected it to be? Yeah, I, th- I, 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 might even, I might even say it was a little bit better than what I expected. I wasn't really expecting a lot. I thought the match was pretty pretty good. I didn't really care who won. I understand what you're, you're saying. Like he doesn't it, For him, it doesn't really matter if he wins and loses. But like, I don't know. I just, I just think it just kind of looks dumb that he beat Kurt Angle and the next year he lost to Elias. But I kind of understand. He's just basically a loser, but I don't know. I feel like when you get that big spot, you shouldn't just be losing to just the random guys. At least, like, losing to Roman Reigns, it's like, okay, he's, like, the biggest guy in the company. Mm-hmm. Losing to Elias, I mean, eh. it just He's just one no, of those I guys agree. that, like, they just, like, commit to for a little bit, and then they cool off, and then they get back on him, and then cool off again. So, the match was what it was. It just, like you said, exactly what I thought it was going to be, just, like, Decent standard match. Yeah, decent standard match. Didn't overstate. I mean, it kind of overstated. It's welcome. In nine minutes, I didn't really need it to be nine minutes, but again, it's 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 whatever. But Elias wins. LOL. We move on to the Raw Women's Championship match. Now, this is where a lot of people, I think, will uh, split. First of all, i got to give credit to you, Mr. Marceau, because you called this. You literally called it, I mean, last week here on the show, you also called it over text as the finish was happening. You said that... Um, Sheena would get in. What's the name of her finisher? Not the Kohina clutch. That's Samoa Joe. Uh, Karabuda clutch. Karabuda clutch or Karabuda, whatever it's called. As she would get in the submission, Becky would pin her shoulders, whatever the classic, you know, finish here where she gets pinned with her shoulders down while she's in a submission hold, um, and then Becky wins and she's still the Raw Women's Champion. Now, I'll discuss the Charlotte Rhea thing later, and you already know my thoughts on that. But I did not have a major issue with this. I do think they should have belt. I should. I do think they should have put the belt on Shane. I really do. That being said, though, I don't think this kills her. And another thing about the match is that it was done. The finish was done in a way where she wasn't really beaten decisively. And people are saying that you know Becky really hasn't had at WrestleMania in the last two years decisive victories because not only did she kind of beat Shayna by a fluke, she also beat Ronda Rousey by a fluke a year ago. But I think that's the story they're going with here. Um, that she can't, that she's an underdog and whatever else. So I, I get what they're going for. If they have, again, if they have Sheena, and I said this last week, if they have Becky win here, which was definitely a possibility, and you called it, have Sheena go in there in the rematch and just beat the crap out of her and take the title. So that's really what I want to say. Um, but I thought the match was good. They did not get nearly enough time. The fact that this got eight and a half minutes, the opener got 15 minutes, and even Elias and Corbin got more time was criminal to me. It was really shaping up to be a good match. It was, you know, closing in on that great, you know, uh, closing stretch there, and then it just abruptly ended. So other than that, I thought it was a good match. They could definitely do better, and I really would have liked, of all the matches on the show, I would have liked to have seen this go a lot longer than it did. Um, But do you think Becky, I know you called it Mr. Marceau, but do you think Becky retaining the title was the right call? 
Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, I think she's probably one of, if not the most popular person, one of the pop, most popular people or over people in the company. So, I mean, obviously, if she lost, it wouldn't kill her. But, I mean, I think she's done great work, even though, I mean, people are starting to sour on her a little bit. But I thought the match itself was good. Could have used the crowd at the end. I mean, that, like, quasi-finish, like, that's when you need the crowd, like, to cheer. Like, she pinned her, and you're just like... That was it, just silence. Yeah, so, like, that kind of sucked. But I thought the match itself was good. It could have been longer, like you said. I think they could have shaved off some time from the Oscar bliss match and then the Elias core match. Gave them a little bit more time. But I thought from what they had, they did... I thought, like, thought the match was good. I thought it could have used a little bit more time, but um, kind of played out somewhat what I somewhat what I predicted I think Becky got a little bit more offense than I expected she was gonna get mm-hmm. uh, that was a good match and I think like you said they could play this into her character people keep saying she gets like fluky wins but she can just she can be kind of cocky and kind of maybe possibly go heel turn be like wins a win doesn't matter how you get it even if it's fluky I won so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. kind of like pumping her chest out um, from here I'm assuming they'll do a rematch I mean Technically, she lost, so I could so see WWE like, oh, she lost, so she has kind of earn another kind of championship match. But we'll see. I don't believe either of them are on Raw, besides like those backstage segments that they already had from WrestleMania. But um, interesting to see where they go from here. But I don't think Shane is ruined at all. She, I would say, she was more dominant throughout the match um, and just kind of like got that kind of fluky loss. So I don't think this will hurt her at all, and uh, I expect her to be challenging for the title soon. I mean, I do think a rematch will happen. I do think the belt ultimately goes to Shayna. That's still my prediction. I thought it would happen in Mania, but I could see, like I said last week, Becky possibly winning, and then Shayna getting the belt at some point, which I still expect to happen. Could you see a scenario where they keep the belt on Becky even longer now that she's been champion for over a year and they build to... I don't think this is going to happen, but, I mean, it's possible a Becky versus Ronda Rousey match. Um, I don't think Ronda, under these conditions and circumstances, would want to come back anyway. I mean, she's like, she was on Total Divas about a year ago, and she was talking about preparing for, like, a zombie apocalypse. Like, if she's that freaked out about certain stuff, I highly doubt she's going to want to fly out uh, to the PC during a freaking pandemic. So, I don't see that happening. But could you see a scenario where we get Becky and Ronda for the Raw Women's Championship, maybe at some point between now and SummerSlam? I mean, it's definitely possible. I mean, the company could, I mean, I think... So normally, I feel like for when you have a champion for a year, it's at the point at the point of the year, it's like, okay, been there, done that. It's kind of over at this point. I feel like Becky still has enough steam and kind of, I don't even know, aura of the character that she can keep it going. I think the company probably can see that as well. I think that's why they're probably like teasing a heel turn. Just so like, she's champion for a year, and now she's going on a heel turn. She can carry it even longer. Mm-hmm. I think she could, like you said, beat Shayna again. I mean, I think that would kind of ruin Shayna at this point. Yeah, I know. Bro, but you know they, they don't really care about that at this point um and then she just kind of goes on another couple months of beating everyone and then she says no one can beat me yada 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 Ronda comes back they face off she loses i'm assuming i don't think she's gonna beat Ronda. she'd be Ronda, she beat literally everyone yeah uh, so i mean i think like but like you said she's Ronda seems like she's like scared to come out of her house so I don't see <laughs> nothing. but like I said if Becky beats Shayna again then what do you do from there I don't know so I, I think like you said Endgame is definitely Shayna being champion but if Becky wins like where do you go I, I don't want to see her versus Nia Jax I'm sorry I didn't even know she was employed still <laughs> you texted me I texted you that I'm like 
they're like, oh, Nia Jax coming back. I'm like, wait, she still works here? Like, I, I, but she's not she like most girls. She could be out for two years or six months, and I would have no idea. Like, she's that. She's. I think the company is big on her. I just don't think the fans really care. But we'll see what happens with Becky and uh, the whole title picture. But overall for the match, that was a good match. Could have used a couple more minutes, but uh, that was a good match. I know you know that WrestleMania was too big for just one night, but did you know that Nia Jax is not like most girls? Yeah, I did know that. She's not like most girls. <laughs> I know she can't. First of all, why wouldn't they just keep it a surprise? Second of all, it just... I mean, it sucks that she had a return in front of nobody. Not that I really care anyway, because I'm not her biggest fan, but it's like, I agree. I do see them going to Becky and Nia at some point, playing off of how she injured Becky, but beyond that, what do you do with Nia Jax? I think that's been the question for a long time now because she's feuded and beaten everybody for the most part. I just, I don't, I don't know. I just have no desire to see her and Becky, although from a storyline standpoint, it does make sense. Um, it's a lot like, I would rather see this though. I, I've, you know, I've, I've pitched the idea and as other people have, I'm not the first one would say, to uh, say this, but like McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Now listen, I hate Jinder Mahal, but it would make sense to do a feud between the two. Um, because of the former 3MB thing, and then Jinder's a former champion. As a Raw match, I think it's okay. As a pay-per-view match, no thanks. I think the same can be said for Becky and Nia. Like, as a filler feud, maybe in between pay-per-views, but, like, at SummerSlam, I have no desire to see that at all. To have her, like, beat Shayna ultimately to lose to Nia Jax, to me, would be a complete waste. And with Shayna, it's all about the aftermath. We said this a week ago with Nakamura, but Nakamura, when he lost in Mania, I'm like, okay, that was a little dumb, but he could always win at the next pay-per-view. And then he lost. I'm like, okay, maybe at the next pay-per-view. And he lost again. And then he kept losing, and he never won the championship. So hopefully Shayna's not the next... Uh, she she isn't the next uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, and she wins the championship at some point. Um, one, I have one last question up yeah. for you. Do you think Becky got more offense than you expected her to get at? Yeah, she did. I thought, if anything... If they were going to do this finish, I thought they would have her... Because it was so competitive, I thought Shayna would win. But because it was so... Again, because it was so competitive, that was the outcome that I expected. But if Becky was going to win, usually the story they tell is like Shayna dominating her for like 20 minutes. Not even maybe like five, six minutes or whatever. Because her being an offense for so long will get boring at some point. And then Becky somehow pulls out the fluke victory. Like that's kind of how, that's kind of how I expected it going. If Becky was going to win, so when that's I saw all. you know when <laughs> I when I saw it was more competitive, I thought it would be like okay, you know, Shane is going to win, and then she didn't. So yeah, I was a little surprised by that. I don't think this makes. Shayna's Elimination Chamber win irrelevant because she. Be, I mean, they were all losers anyway, dude. It's not like she broke the Undertaker's streak, and then. She got beaten, like Rhea breaking Sheena's, you know, streak or reign, whatever, and then losing to Charlotte. I think was a waste a little bit. I'll get to that later. This not so much because she, they were all scrubs anyway, you know. So it's not like oh she beat all these top tier talent and then she lost to Becky. Like to me, it's not really doesn't really matter that much because that match shouldn't have happened in the first place. I, I think she's fine. I don't think she's damaged goods at all yet. But goods at all. I just when I predicted last week, I said I thought Becky would get her ass kicked the whole fight and then get that fluky win. I thought she was a lot more competitive than I expected she was going to be. No. I'm not sure. Apparently, you probably know better than I do. I don't have the memory you do. When the Ember Moon Shayna match, similar finish, Ember got killed all in the match, right? When we I feel like she did, yeah. I feel like I'd have to go back and watch it. She had the arm injury, I'm pretty sure. She had like, the taped up elbow. My memory serves me right. I'm pretty sure Shayna killed her the whole fight, and then she kind of won that fluky way. And that's what I kind of expected for this, but I, mm-hmm. I will say I'm very surprised. Um, how much offense Becky got in. 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of curious to know what the reaction would have been had they done this in front of a crowd. Because I know Becky's popular, but I think people are kind of pulling for Shayna. Um, I feel like she would have gotten booed. And I said this a month ago when people were asking me if Becky was going heel because they were kind of teasing it a little bit. It seemed like it anyway. When she was getting way too overconfident, she came out wearing like the king's crown and whatever. Like she looked like a goof. But it would have made sense if she went heel. And I guess she still could. Um, I would only I would only have her go heel if she dropped the belt. And then maybe she goes crazy or whatever. But then you kind of need a top face. And Charlotte is not that top face. So maybe turning her heel right now isn't really for the better anyway. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that she, that I'm definitely surprised that she won. But as long as Sheena wins it in the end, I think all is, all is forgiven. Um, but we do have the Intercontinental Championship, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. I mean, if people went into this expecting, like, this five-star Matt Classic, they were going to be disappointed. I mean, that was never what this was going to be. I figured that going into this, because Sami Zayn's character has been such a pest heel for, like, a year now, if not longer than that that he was never going to go in there and have this great match. Like, Sami Zayn hasn't had a memorable match in years, because that's not what his character is. But he went in there, he, you know, somehow managed to pick up the victory, as I kind of expected him to, and he's still the Intercontinental Champion, keeping Brian and Chase Mudd as a result. And I like that Sami Zayn won. I mean, granted, not on his own. Nakamura and Cesaro, you know, proved to be distractions at ringside. But it wasn't because Gulak, you know, cost Brian the victory. I feel like that would have been too predictable. I have no desire to see that happen yet anyway, maybe at some point. Um, we talked about that last week, but um, your quick two cents, Mr. Marceau, on the Intercontinental title clash between Brian and Sami Zayn. Uh, did it meet your expectations? What it was What was it? What you thought it would be? So luckily, uh, we discussed this last week, and I you kind of jaded my expectations. I was expecting a more of an in-ring classic, and then you were like, don't expect it. So I'm like, okay, and kind of just like pull back the reins a little bit on that and basically got what you basically said was going to happen. I thought... At the end of the match, I was kind of just waiting for Cesaro and Shinsuke to come. Like, they were knocked out for, like, five, seven minutes, for Christ's sakes, after something that's so small. I'm like, oh, when they coming, when they coming, when they coming. And eventually they came and helped him out. But the finish, I don't know if it was just a camera. It just looked kind of wonky. Like, you hit the Luva kick and you couldn't really, like, see it or it didn't, like, connect correctly. Yeah, yeah. It was just a kick to the face and it was kind of a weird angle, yeah. Yeah, the camera angle was a little weird, but... The match was kind of exactly how you said it was going to be, so I had my expectations for that, so I wasn't disappointed. I kind of, the pesty heel kind of character just, it's kind of annoying, like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know, it just doesn't really produce fun matches for crowds, so it was what it was, but I'm glad that you told me it was going to happen before I watched it, so I wasn't as disappointed. Yeah, no, I think as a formal match, this could have been great, and I think... To, to, you know, to give credit to Sammy, I think he does well at the role, but I just think he was so good as a babyface a couple years ago. And yeah, they botched his booking, but I mean, I think that he's such a natural face that I mean, it's honestly quite amazing when you think about that. The fact that he's been a heel longer than he ever was a babyface, at least on the main roster, he's he's been heel now for like two and a half years, which he's been is crazy. On the main What'd you say? He's been heel a ton on the main roster. A ton, and I just I don't know. I the whole. You know, it was fun when he first came back a year ago and he was talking trash and whatever. At this point, it's just annoying. And, I mean, I guess that's the point. Like, he's doing his job and he's doing a good job. But, I don't know. I mean, I just don't take him seriously, which also may be the point. But I feel like he's a lot better than this. I feel like he could be going in there and having these great matches and and getting over because he got over in NXT. And not to say that he couldn't get over on the main roster because he definitely could. And uh, they're just... Just not doing it right now, but uh, hopefully at some point, maybe, you know, Nakamura turns on him or whatever, or vice versa. I feel like of the two, 
Zane's been healed longer, but Nakamura just has way more potential. And I don't know if they would ever get back to that, but if anything, Sammy should be the one kicking him to the curb and Nakamura becomes a babyface again. But that's a whole other discussion for another time. Um, the latter match, as we kind of figured it would, turned into a standard triple threat match for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. How much sense did that make? None at all, but it is what it is. Um, John Morrison versus Jimmy Uso versus Kofi Kingston. I thought this was a great match, but as we saw here and again on NXT on Wednesday, the latter matches are just not the same without a crowd because, you know, people have brought up, and I think Jimmy Uso may have said, or maybe it was Kofi, one of the two had said on Twitter that the matches hurt 10 times more now than they would have in front of a crowd because you're not feeding off the crowd. There's no adrenaline there. So they're just taking these bumps for the ta- for the sake of taking bumps. Uh, I mean, it adds to the match, and it made for a great match, but, like, there's no crowd there, so having that reaction, like, the this is awesome chance, whatever, which are annoying more often than not, but when it comes to ladder matches, they are deserved. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a great match, though. I still enjoyed it. They made the best of a bad situation. Uh, no Miz, and, you know, they had to turn it into a triple threat. I said last week I would have preferred, like, a tag team match with Morrison just fighting on his own, and they still could have done that finish. I, I think he still could have done the same thing, and it would have been fine. Or give him a new partner, like, have him team with Sheamus, or have him team, like, they've done that before. Like, when Adam Cole stepped in for, uh, I think it was Bobby Fish all those years ago when he got injured, you know, they could they could do stuff like that. But uh, they just, they didn't do it, and Morrison retained anyway, which I thought was, I, I liked the finish, I didn't love the finish. I thought it was kind of cool. They've done stuff like that before with Morrison uh, kind of flukily taking the championship from them. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was good, and it had the right result uh, with Morrison and Miz, technically, still the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. So uh, I know you had some thoughts on the um, finish itself, RJ, but what also did you think about the match itself? No, I thought the match was good. Like you said, definitely could have used a crowd. It just I feel like I felt like I felt like I needed a crowd more last night watching NXT, like... I don't think I think it was Tegan Knox got put through the ladder and mm-hmm. just like it just like was like okay that sucked like that definitely hurt and then you just like pan to something else like you don't hear the crowd like it just like you said taking a bump for the t- sake of taking a bump and just like I don't know it's just like doesn't that um, ladder matches need a crowd it just doesn't feel the same and just like people just like killing themselves for no reason like, <laughs> yeah but, no I thought that was good um I think it had. Its, I think it was definitely a fun, entertaining match. I can't really complain about it at all. Actually, I don't know what I said to you about the match. I thought the. I think it was just more surprising. Like the actual fluky way of him winning was kind of like the right thing to do. I think obviously they're probably once we get crowds and once everything kind of gets back to them, they'll do, definitely do a rematch because it's kind of like you said. He basically like got lucky and fell down and grabbed the title. So I mean, I think that obviously will get some kind of a rematch. They'll probably do it once they have crowds again. They actually do a triple throw ladder match. Um, I actually thought the finish was cool. Then I, I think at first it was kind of like what the fuck, and then when they kind of he just like fell and it fell right on his lap. So it is what it is. I thought it was a good match, and I think we'll see this again down the line somewhere. No, yeah, I thought it was a good match. I'm glad that Miz and Morrison are still the tag team champions, and um, yeah, no, I thought it was all right. I thought they did a, it was a clever way of keeping the belts on them, and uh, I forgot what else I was gonna say, but uh, yeah, no, I just I thought it was a good match, and it was one of the better matches on the entire show. I kind of forgot about it in the long run when I was thinking about it. Like, okay, the best matches from both shows, um, you know, from both nights of WrestleMania. But I thought this was a uh, I thought this was a good one, and again, they made the best of a bad situation. Your favorite match on the show, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, was up next. Turned into a no disqualification match in its final few minutes. There, the DQ finish was lame as heck. I mean, I think. What took away from the match, I, I still think it was a great match. I really do. The storytelling was great. The action was great, despite the fact there was no audience, which is really impressive. I mean, 
These guys have got to work 10 times harder to have an even better match because there's no crowd there. I mean, working with a dead crowd is one thing. Working with no crowd is an entirely different challenge. But I thought they succeeded. The storytelling was good. They've had a good feud. They paid it off in a big way. Had they just announced it as a no-DQ match, it probably would have been better because going to the new no-DQ stipulation out of nowhere and then announcing it as no-DQ, Just I mean, it's not like... I don't know. Where did, where did Owens get the authority to make it a no-DQ match? Um, but I thought the spot was cool with him jumping off the sign, and it was an awesome spot. So, um, yeah, no, I thought it was a really, really good match. Had the right result. Kevin Owens had to win here. He never really seemed to win when it matters when it's mattered most in the last um, couple of months. So I'm glad he won here. And uh, so RJ, this was one of your favorite matches on the whole show, wasn't it? Yeah, I, 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 this is probably one of my favorite, if not even the fa- my favorite match in the whole show either either night for an actual just standard wrestling match. I thought what they did, what a lot of people didn't do, I feel like they always kept the action going. I felt like there was always something going. I feel like some matches just like was a lot of like scream, like moaning and yelling and like kind of just noise, but nothing was actually going on. I feel like these guys kept like a fast pace. Like no, it didn't really seem like there was any kind of downtime. Like they were always just in action or doing something. When other matches, I felt like they were just kind of like drawing it out and just kind of doing more like, yelling and stuff and just like moaning and shit and rolling around because mm-hmm. there was no crowd. I feel like these guys kept the pace going. Um, the kind of DQ thing was kind of, I thought it was kind of lame, um, but I was glad they restarted it. Like I, I, that's not how the, on WrestleMania match it end, I'm sorry, on a freaking DQ. But I'm glad that they did the no Q stipulation. The spot was cool. Like that aftermath, like that aftermath, though, like, like them both like clearly in pain. Like just the, like it just the moment there like that's what like other matches need not doing that the entire match like a freaking shot the guys like on the ground crying for an hour like, <laughs> yeah like, justified the reaction that they had like they both like I'm pretty sure it was like either Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins like at one point or were gasping for air and you could clearly hear them saying like I can't breathe mm-hmm. like that like that was like got you in the moment like holy shit like that was big mm-hmm. and then the finish was good. Just, like, the whole match and the storytelling, even without the crowd, was great. And I just thought, like I said, they kept the pace going and just kept me entertained the whole time. Was it better than the Hell in the Cell match that we saw with them uh, four years ago, the infamous Hell in the Cell pay-per-view? I, I believe so. I don't really remember the match too much. I know Jericho interfered, but I, I think I really enjoyed it. It was my favorite match. I would say it was better. Yeah, and no, I think this was better, too. This was, uh, this was great stuff. Uh, for the Universal Championship, Braun Strowman, who was announced as a replacement for Roman Reigns, <laughs> and a quick throwaway mention on SmackDown last week in like a two-second graphic, no explanation given. They just announced him as a replacement, and that's that's what that's what they did. And then they moved on, and they had the match on Sunday, and uh, Strowman wins in two minutes. And it was, you know, we'll talk about more about the main event of Night Two in a moment. I can't crap on this and then like, oh my God, McIntyre and Lesnar, great stuff, exactly what it should have been. I can't, though, because they were the exact same thing. It was just finisher, 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 kick out, kick out, kick out, one big finisher, and then it's over. So I said if it was, I mean, we didn't say outright that it would be Braun. I kind of already knew going in that it would be Braun. I had read somewhere that it would be Braun Strowman. I would have kept the belt on Goldberg. I know that sounds weird, but I would have rather, because they put the belt on him in the first place to have Roman Reigns take it off of him. I do like Braun. I'm a fan of his. I mean, I like the guy, I'm not, the booking is atrocious. Alexis just flat out hates him. I like Braun Strowman. I just can't get into the idea of him as champion. Maybe if they built him up a little more, but the idea that he just comes completely out of nowhere, is gone for a month after losing to Sami Zayn in Elimination Chamber, and he wins the title, 
just to me doesn't really make much sense. And it, again, it's all about the aftermath. If they book him from strong, if they, if they book him strong from here on out, and I can't even say that he gets over because there's no crowd, so it doesn't even matter. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, I was not a fan of this. I laughed because it's like, wow, I can't believe they did that. Um, but I guess there's another thing I'd read earlier. They have no idea what's going on with Roman Reigns right now. They have no idea when he's going to be back. If they don't, if he doesn't feel safe doing these shows, it's not just a mania thing. He ain't going to show up for any of the tapings until they're back to normal crowds. It sounds like. So we may not see him for months. So maybe they kind of had to take the belt off of Goldberg and mania was the last show on his deal. I don't know. The whole thing's kind of a mess right now without knowing the full details of what's going on behind the scenes. Um, but I know you're a big fan of Braun RJ. So what were your thoughts on this? I know, um, I don't know. I thought the booking was questionable, but your thoughts on announcing Braun as the replacement and having him go in there and beat Goldberg in two minutes, does this make up for the years of bad booking with Braun Strowman? Not yet. Not yet. I, I mean, we have to see how this plays out before I, I they get back in my good gracious on how they've handled this guy. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I just said this last, uh, when we discussed it last week, I did hear like reports that Roman, like, was going to be, like, he wasn't, it wasn't just WrestleMania, like, he was going to be gone for a while, so in theory, if he's gone for a while, then Goldberg's done, I mean, whoever, like, if he's, his last date's WrestleMania, then someone's going to, whoever faced him should win the title, in theory, so if Roman's not coming back, and then Goldberg's done, who's going to be the champion? I mean, realistically, like you said, he just lost a month ago to Sami Zayn, he's basically been a loser, last six months, because... They just don't know how to book this guy. I don't. I don't get how it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. What it is, but I think like I guess casually, if you don't watch wrestling and you turn on WrestleMania and you see Goldberg face this guy that's six foot eight and three hundred eighty five pounds, he's a fucking monster. In theory, him beating him, you're like, oh okay, because like casually, like okay, like that makes sense. Like a guy that big could beat that guy. Like maybe that's what they were going for. Like Goldberg was just like, fine, he's bigger than me. He's like, it makes me look better if I lose a guy that's huge than some fucking puny little guy. I don't yeah. know. Just like, they took the title off him because they, they were kind of put in the circumstances. If Roman's not coming back anytime soon and Goldberg's done, we need a champion. And Braun was just the guy. I think they could salvage him, but, I mean, they have to actually book him correctly. Like, you can't have a guy that's six foot eight, three eighty five, a fucking monster losing to this fucking puny little guy because he's just stupid. I mean... Mm-hmm. They this guy, good gracious. He's lost to Roman Reigns a million times, so I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised when this eventually comes back and loses to Roman again, and then he's back to being a loser again. But hopefully, they do the right thing, actually push him, and actually make another star. I mean, that 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 wouldn't hurt the company or anything. They made another star, <laughs> uh, but you know, they're they're too up Roman Reigns' ass that they they'll probably just bury him again. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm happy for him. I think he deserved it, but. Like you said, he'll be probably losing it in the, once Reigns gets back, so can't really hold hope at this point. Maybe his first feud should be with um, Nakamura and Cesaro, because it seems like those are the only two people that he's capable of beating. I don't think I've seen him beat anyone else in the last six months, if it wasn't, you know, aside from Nakamura and Cesaro, but... I was thinking about this the other day because Tyson Fury came out. I don't know where he said this, but he had said somewhere that he was actually supposed to be a part of WrestleMania before this whole thing obviously happened, the whole pandemic. Um, which makes sense because he won his last fight in February. And I know there were rumors of bringing him in for whatever to make an appearance. I assume it would have been it would have been an appearance. Do you think they kept Braun Strowman off TV all this while? They took the belt off of him because they took the belt off of him before this whole pandemic happened. I thought the match at Mania would be Strowman and Sheamus. Neither of them before this past week were even supposed to be on the show. Sheamus never, it never even ended up, ended up appearing. 
Um, Strowman, do you think before the pandemic happened, they would have either built the Strowman and Tyson Fury 2 or an appearance with Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman at WrestleMania? I mean, it makes sense. They did face that super show. Oh, the Crown Jewel show, yeah. At one of those shows. I mean, Fury, I mean, I know Triple H was at the Fury fight. Like, they definitely have some kind of working relationship there. Would make sense for him to kind of, like, get more popularity and then Braun. I just think, like you said, it just kind of looks kind of dumb. He wasn't even on the show, wasn't even scheduled to be on the show, and then all of a sudden becomes champion. But, like I said, also, that's just us. We're, we watch the show, and we know what's going on. It's plenty of casual people that don't know at all, and then it's like, oh, this guy's big and won. So, mm-hmm. I, I guess it's glass half full, glass half empty. I mean, it, and you said, it, it all depends on how they book him. If he goes on a rampage for the six months, and they actually book him correctly, and he actually becomes some kind of a star, applause to the WWE. Don't don't hold your breath because I don't expect that to happen. But <laughs> I think this is a perfect opportunity that they got. They made a good thing out of a bad situation and can kind of rectify something and make something good out of it. But they always fuck up. So I am assuming he will be nothing in six months. So yeah, yeah, I assume so. You got you got to set your expectations. You got to set the bar really really low. And here is hoping they can exceed it somehow. Um, but do you see? Did you see the rumor that I, I don't necessarily believe this? That Goldberg they changed plans because he didn't want to drop the belt to the Fiend because he didn't feel that he was believable enough. But he would be willing to drop the belt to Braun. I don't buy that at all because first of all, they changed plans well before. Like the whole Roman, it was supposed to be Goldberg and Roman. I'm sorry, Roman and Wyatt. And the only reason they changed plans was because of WWE. Vince wanted a totally different card. Second of all, the Braun Goldberg match only happened because Roman got sick. So, do you believe that rumor, or did you hear that? Do you believe it? What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I don't really know what's going on. I've seen reports that they keep saying that Goldberg—that's basically what happened. But I mean, we don't know that for a fact. Um, thing is, like, I feel like they already had their set mind at that point that they're going to do. Cena and Wyatt already, so I mean, uh, I don't know. It's a weird situation. I don't. I don't really buy the idea. It's like, oh, I don't want to lose this guy. It's not believable. I mean, I guess I could kind of see that, but like, I don't know. It, the only reason that Goldberg came back was because WWE wanted him back. There was no long-term plan to do Goldberg and Wyatt at that Super Showdown show. The only reason they brought him back was because they needed a main event. And they changed plans for WrestleMania. It's not because Goldberg said... Goldberg's not calling them up at the Royal Rumble and saying, hey, bring me back and have me beat Wyatt for the belt. Like, I just don't... I don't find that very believable. There's a lot of... There's a lot of gaps in logic there. But that's just my two cents. But yeah, we'll see with Braun Strowman what they do in the coming months. Uh, The main event... I'm I'm very glad this main uh, main event of this night of WrestleMania. So technically, AJ Styles is a WrestleMania main eventer, which is even cooler. The Boneyard match. We had no idea what to expect from this. The build was really, really good. The promo from Taker a week and a half ago was awesome, but we didn't know what to expect. They went in there, had a cinematic-style matchup, um, Ultimate Deletion-style, you know, kind of like um, Lucha Underground-esque, and it was a lot of fun. And yeah, the Druids thing was kind of dumb, but again, it's a movie. I see a lot of dumb stuff in movies, and it is what it is. I thought the music helped. The environment was cool. The return of American Badass Undertaker was cool. Big Evil. And uh, I thought AJ played his role well. The acting from him was actually really, really good. The way they would talk to each other. You could hear everything they were saying. Um, I don't think... I mean, I said, if you told me a month ago AJ's losing to Taker at Mania, I would be like, are you kidding me? Like, that's a joke. 
But at this point, it's like, honestly, I don't really have an issue with it because this was Taker's match to win. AJ can always bounce back. We've said this before. He's AJ Styles. He'll be fine. He, he got literally buried, but he's okay. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really enjoy this and I would like to see them do more matches like this in the future. Maybe not every month, but they could get another good couple of years out of Taker if they did more stuff like this. So, uh, did the Boneyard match, were you in agreement with the masses, Mr. Marceau, that the Boneyard match was uh, pretty epic on Saturday night? Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the Boneyard match. I thought it was exactly what it needed to be. I think it highlighted both of them in a certain aspect. I think AJ played off really well. Um, Undertaker looked really good as well. The interference, which I'm usually not a fan of, I think that was done well. It wasn't too much, and it kind of like served its purpose just having the club involved, but I don't think it was like... It didn't affect the match at all. It wasn't like, I'm like, oh, my God, more interference. Like, it kind of had its play. They played it out, and it was over with. And I just think it, it was good. I think any, I think this is what Undertaker clearly succeeds at with these kind of matches, um, just kind of pre-taped and not an actual physical, actual match. I think they both did well, and it was great. It was a great match. I, I definitely ended the first night on a, on a, on a thumbs up. I think a point of this, too, that at least for me, it kept me intrigued the entire time because I can't tell you how many times watching, you know, a normal wrestling match, we see so much wrestling between all these different companies, specifically in WWE, you know, let alone in WWE, that you kind of grow numb to it. You kind of know what's going to happen next. Um, you may not pay attention the entire match. You may be on your phone. I know I'm on my laptop half the time, so I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm paying attention, but like not glued to the TV. I will say with this match, I was glued. I did nothing else but watch this match because I was very excited to see what they would do next. Same thing with the Firefly Funhouse match. They had me glued to my TV screen. And even the same with Gargano and Ciampa because it's so different than what we ordinarily get. Um, I thought it was uh, really, really well done. So I-, I thought this was a fantastic match, a great way to close off night one. We'll get into night two here. Um, of, the, of the two nights, Mr. Marceau, I- I'll ask you right now, what was the stronger night of the two? I kind of already know the answer, but night one or night two? Well, I enjoyed night one more. I mean, those are the matches I was looking forward to more, so maybe that's why my kind of thoughts are a little jaded. I, I, I mean, my some of my favorite wrestlers are all on night one. I mean, I like people on night two as well, but majority of the people that I root for were all on night one, so I enjoyed night one more. Yeah, I saw a lot of people say that. I think an argument could be made that night two was even stronger, but if I had to say, I think I said night two initially, but I'll probably say night one. Um, night two was good, and it had some, and it had its moments. Um, looking at the card right now, I do think night one was better. Um, we kicked off the show. Well, we had the kickoff match. Liv Morgan and Natalia, did you see it slash did you care? Didn't see it, didn't care. Yeah, Liv Morgan wins, whatever. I mean, it was the right result, but then how much does it really mean when she goes in there and gets beat by Asuka the next night? It means absolutely nothing. I could really go without another a Natalia appearance at WrestleMania, but I would honestly... I was saying this to Alexis last week. Why didn't they? Not that I wanted to see this at Mania originally, but dude, if there was ever a time to do Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot versus Sarah Logan, why wouldn't they have just done it here? You know, as opposed to what they did. I feel like, again, do I, would I have really have cared that much more? Probably not, but it's a match that at least would have made sense. They were building to up until a month ago. Unless Sarah Logan's in quarantine or something, like, don't you find that a little strange they could have just done that instead of this random match that made no sense? They were kind of building towards it, so I would say I'm pretty surprised they didn't do it, but like you said, maybe someone was sick and couldn't do it, but it, I feel like they were building to it after Elimination Chamber, the three of them, and it would probably have been the spot for them to just do it in the opener, but 
like you said, someone might have been sick or couldn't make it. So, I mean, that's probably what the random reasoning was. Yeah, probably. I mean, we haven't seen the Raiders on TV, so maybe I know Sarah Logan's married to one of them, so that's probably what it was. But anyway, we kicked off the actual show with the NXT Women's Championship match. You know, regardless of the result here, it was the longest, I was going to say the longest match on the show. It actually wasn't. It's was 20 minutes long, got a ton of time. I thought it was great. Didn't care for the finish, which I'll get to in a moment. But as a match... You can't say, oh my God, this was trash, Charlotte, you know, Charlotte Flair, new champion. Not saying that you're saying that, but, you know, you, you got to give the credit, the match the credit it's due. I thought it was a phenomenal match. Both women went in there and killed it. They told a great story. Charlotte continuing to go after, continuously going after Rhea's uh, injured knee, paid off in the end with the figure eight, earned her the victory and the t- championship as a result. Um, I think if we actually had Mania, this would have been the perfect opener for the pay-per-view, like as a one-night show. Because they worked really, really well together. And like I said a week ago, never doubt Charlotte Flair. Not to say that every match of hers is an instant classic. That Hell in a Cell match, for one, from five years ago, from four years ago with Sasha, was abysmal. But, uh, you know, um, on the most part, for the most part, her matches with Sasha, Becky, Bailey, now Rhea, have all been very, very good. Even Natalia as well. Um, I thought this was a great match. Not a fan of Charlotte winning the championship, and I know you said, RJ, over text a couple days ago, yes, it makes sense. Charlotte is the bigger star of the two. I totally agree with that. It's not like she randomly lost to Ruby Ride or whatever. Um, but my argument is that if they really want to make new stars outside of the four horsewomen, which they've had a major issue with for the last couple of years, they got to give these women more wins over these women. People like Charlotte Flair and Becky. Sheena losing it in mind. Rhea winning... Or losing, rather, after just beating Sheena a couple months ago. She was like, been on this massive roll. Not to say that she should never lose. I just didn't think now would be the right time. If this was for the Raw Women's Championship, let's say this is like WrestleMania. Rhea just got called up. She goes for the belt, a lot like Sheena. And she loses to the bigger star because she just she's a you know big fish in a small pond or uh, you know whatever the other way around and she loses to Charlotte for like the Raw or SmackDown Women's Title like Oscar did a couple years ago. You know, I, I wouldn't be happy, but I wouldn't be like, okay, that makes sense. She's on the main roster. Technically, this is Rhea's, you know, uh, you know, stomping grounds here. This is NXT. This is all about her, and she still lost. This was for her championship, and Charlotte and Io at some point should be amazing. Don't get me wrong, but, like, I just don't really think we need Charlotte as champion. So uh, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, Mr. Marceau, the match itself, and more so the finish of Charlotte becoming the new NXT Women's Champion. So the match, I think there's another great match. I think, like I said about Owens and, and uh, Rollins, I think these women, they kept the pace going. They kept wrestling. and They kept moving. They kept doing other stuff. It wasn't kind of like, I feel like most, like I said before, a lot, a lot of matches, they just kind of like just groaned and moaned the whole time. I feel like Charlotte kept the pressure on Rhea the whole match. And they kept going at it. Like they kept trying to outdo each other. Thought, I thought the match itself was really good. I would definitely say, if not the best match, the second best match of the whole show. Mm-hmm. Uh, both nights at least wrestling-wise, in the ring. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it's kind of like, I don't really know how to, like, I, like obviously, I, I predicted Rhea was going to win. I just didn't think they'd put Charlotte on NXT. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But then, in my mind, I'm like, they, they're obsessed with Charlotte. She's basically the Roman Reigns of women. Obviously, I think she's way better than Roman Reigns. Is like, not even fucking close. She's actually a really good wrestler, puts on good matches. But she's kind of at the point that, they need her to be in something big. So she loses. It's like, okay, what do you do with her now? Mm-hmm. And it's like, ugh. So like, I think that I think the only reason she, I mean, I've seen reports that Rhea allegedly doesn't have her visa, so she can't wrestle. I don't really believe that. 
until she's not on NXT. I won't believe that, but I just think it's just they, she loses. What do they do with her next? And you know them with Charlotte. She has to be in something. And SmackDown, there's really nothing going on. And the only thing that's kind of been pushed at it's, it's Becky or Bailey and Sasha. She's not even on SmackDown, but whatever. Yeah. And then Raw, it's still Becky and Shayna. So then what do you do with Charlotte there? There's no other women that are any really credible at all on Raw besides Oscar. And I mean, she's still, I guess, but I mean, they've done that. Been there, done that. She already beat Oscar. I mean, you have to do it again. And I guess, I mean, it's just like, I don't think it looks as bad because she lost to Charlotte, who's like, a, she's been like the face of the women's division for the last like five years. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look, I don't think it's as bad of a loss of Rhea. I mean, if she goes again, again and loses again, I mean, okay. But, or if she loses again and starts losing to freaking Chelsea Green on NXT, okay. Then I'd be like, okay, they freaking ruined her at this point. But I think... They can salvage Rhea. I don't think this loss would kill her. I think eventually, whoever beats Charlotte, I don't. I, I mean, probably be Rhea. But I mean, if Io beat her or Candice beat her or freaking Tegan, Dakota, any of them beat her, I think it's just a. I think that'd be a bigger rub than just a lose. Like, imagine them beating her. Like, she's the biggest face of the company for the women's division. If you beat her, like that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Rhea losing. I think I don't think it's as big of a deal. But I, I obviously see your your point as well. Yeah, no, I don't think she's ruined. I'm not going to sit here and say that she got buried or whatever, like AJ did on, on Saturday, literally. I don't think she's ruined or anything. Um, the work visa thing is interesting. They have, it's been reported that was the reason why they took the title off. Or if so, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Really not but much more you can do. They just, like, in that case, don't you just get a read-up, re-up? Uh, like, that's I don't I know. Get. She said that she was still in the country, so I don't. I don't really know what to believe yet. I'm not really sure. I mean, that's also coming from somewhere. Someone didn't give him false information. Like these dirt sheets. I mean, some. I mean, if it's ringside news, they'll make stuff up. But like these credible sources, like PW Insider, they're not going to make stuff up. They're getting it from somewhere. So, so I, someone's giving it to them. But like you said, though, once she, if she, I think I heard you say this. Once she's, if she's not on NXT TV, then I'll believe it. But if she's still wrestling, and I think that's just like. A shitty response. Yeah, yeah, then that's dumb. Yeah, if she's still on the show, then there's no excuse. But if she's not and she's gone for the next month when they tape the next couple weeks of TV, then okay, it makes sense. So we'll see where they go from here with it. Um, it could even mean more in the end that Rhea beats her in, in chase mode and whatever. So I guess we'll soon see. Uh, one more question on this front. Does it count now? I don't know why it wouldn't. I said no, this a week ago. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> not count. Stop that. They're going to start counting because it's Charlotte. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> it didn't. Like, he's a 12-time champion. I'm like, now they're starting to count NXT championships now. Like, stop that. It didn't count before, but because Charlotte holds it, it counts. Come on, get out of here. That's ridiculous, dude. That's completely ridiculous. It's not. It's so dumb. Like, is is it because it's on TV now? Like, people are, it's on USA Network. They didn't count it six months ago. What, if they, if, NXT's been on the air now for six months, okay? They could have said that six months ago that, oh, you know, she's an 11-time champion. She didn't, though. They just reminded themselves now that the title counts. So, I've seen people say 11. No, it's not 11. The belt doesn't count. You can't, I mean, I guess you could retcon it and say that it does count, but why now, though, as opposed to six months ago? Because they're, they're building around Charlotte. They want to give her as many titles as her daddy. Like, come on, get out of here. I hate that logic, but they, they got to explain that because it's just there's a lot of people confused right now. It's not an 11th title. It's not the Raw or SmackDown Women's Championship. NXT, at the end of the day, is a developmental brand. It's not The NXT Championship is not a world title. I know Charlotte was able to choose the NXT Championship as you know for, from winning the Rumble, 
okay, cool, but like at the same time, then establish months ago that winning that belt counts towards your overall record. Because like, does that mean winning the FCW championship? Does that count as a world championship too? Because that was developmental. Like, get out of here. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I just think it also looks stupid. It's like, why would she want to go for a developmental championship? I mean, I don't know. The whole thing just. This is stupid. It raises questions. I, I don't know. I just <laughs> is she gonna is she gonna go to NXT full time? Like, what does this mean for Raw? Like, there's a lot of questions here. I feel like they don't really know. And if the, if the visa thing was the issue, and they were like, okay, we got to put the belt on her because we have no choice now, and then we have no idea either. Then I kind of sympathize with them. But if they actually plan to have Charlotte beat Rhea, then like get out of here. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. We'll see how it plays out. If nothing else, Shirai and Charlotte, how excited, uh, how excited for you? Uh, how excited for that? Are you? I think it's going to be a great match, but he was going to lose clean as a sheen. <laughs> and I mean, he's another one. They just don't know what to do with her. I mean, she was like kind of getting popular as a baby face, lost to Shayna. And then multiple kind of, times, multiple times. And she kind of fluttered, became heel, got big at heel again. Then she got hurt. And then now I guess she's getting her kind of rub as a heel, but I mean I don't think she's going to beat Charlotte. And then if she loses Charlotte, then what? Do you, what do you do with her? Because mm-hmm. she's she, she's feuded with Candice, but now she's a babyface. Like maybe Tegan, but like I feel like she'd be one of the next people up for a title shot. I don't know. I just like that's another thing about Charlotte. It's like they don't really need her down there. They have plenty enough women. Okay, her visa's up. Okay, you have a lose. You have her beat Charlotte. She beat Charlotte, and then you fucking say, "Up, oh, her visa's up. She's relinquishing the title," and then. You do a freaking you do the title match is that ladder match. Mm-hmm. Io wins the title match. wins the title in the ladder match. Then you just prolong it. Rhea comes back. She faces the champion or goes to Raw. But no, you don't need Charlotte as the champion. That's kind of my biggest thing. It's like you don't need her. It's it's not like the women's divisions like five years ago when it was the fucking Iconics and Oscar and Nikki Cross when it was like no one down there. <laughs> yeah. But now they have plenty of women that are very viable being a champion. And I bring Charlotte back. Like, that's what I kind of, that kind of annoyed me. It's like, so now she's going to come down. Like, everyone's like, oh, she's going to have a great match with all these people. Yeah, she's going to beat them all. They're going to be a bunch of losers. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. I just don't think they need her. I mean, think, people are thinking about this, like, oh, dream match, dream match, dream match. Does that mean they should bring Brock down to NXT and just start facing <laughs> people and beating everyone? You know what I mean? Like, I just, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, we moved out. <laughs> We moved Alistair Black versus Bobby. Let's see how pissed people would be then if, if they did that and then he buries it. Oh my God, they're burying him. Well, like Charlotte's doing the same thing. You can't pick and choose people. Get over it. Play that match in 2K20 you know, 20 if you want to when it doesn't crash, that is. Um, Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Um, I, I thought this was a good match. I had no reason for it at all. Just really meant to get both guys in the card, fill out the show, whatever. Um, they got about seven minutes. It was a good match. Black wins. Um, not really much more to say about it than that, right? It was all right, I guess. It was, uh, that was like another match, kind of like Elias and Corbin. Like another match, like I like Alistair Black. Bobby Lashley's kind of been ruined. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just like another thing. It's like they put all that fucking time and energy into the stupid Lana wedding and the stupid Lashley and Lana pairing. It's gone literally nowhere since they got married. Neither of them have gotten any better. They've probably done worse than they have before. And no one cares. And now they're going to, like, they're like, oh, they might get divorced. Who gives a shit? Who cares? Yeah. If you actually care about that, I mean, you're a loser. I'm sorry. The person who got more, the most over from that in Rusev isn't even on TV. So what was the point of the entire angle? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, got the biggest rub out of that whole thing somehow. I don't get it. But yeah. uh, it was good for what it was. But like I said, I just, I feel like Black's kind of one of those guys. He's like, 
not lost in the shuffle because he's on TV every week, but like he's and just winning, not yeah. And I just don't like he's a face, Drew's a face. Uh, Andrade's out right now as a champion, so like, are they going to do something with that? Or mm. I just feel like he's kind of like he's doing better than Ricochet, Jesus Christ. But um, <laughs> yeah, kind of like that same kind of territory. It's like they're using him, but they really don't know what to do with him. So like, he's kind of winning and facing jobbers. But I mean, there's just like it's like a kind of a cycle that they do every year, which. It's like, oh, there's nothing else to do. Call him up, and then they call him up, and there's nothing to do with them. It's like at that point, just keep him down in NXT. At that mm-hmm. point, or yeah. hey, cut the fodder that you have and fucking get rid of some people. Yeah, I mean, I understand like they have people there forever, and like, but once you get to the point of them just like kind of not doing anything, it's like, call, call move on, mm-hmm. make new stars. It's, it all comes to the end of the day, make new stars, which they just are so reluctant reluctant to do. I don't get it. It's like I understand like they don't want people like to be pissed off that they're not winning anymore but like you need to make new stars like you can only have like you walk up to someone right now and ask them who the biggest stars in WWE are right now not including John Cena or Brock Lesnar they probably don't even fucking name anybody mm-hmm. maybe Roman Reigns maybe Becky or Charlotte that's it mm-hmm. that's being maybe like my dad is a very casual f- viewer and he always like says like do you know WWE's hurting when they basically their biggest people are their women I'm like I mean not wrong. If you watch Raw, they only talk really like the biggest stars are Charlotte and Becky. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Owens and, and Rollins are big too, but like at this point, I feel like Becky and Charlotte have, like surpassed them as like the stars of Raw. Yeah, and like they just they just need to build new stars and stop fucking doing Roman Reigns and Charlotte and all those people being champions all the time. Like that's why those other people don't get like like people aren't like annoyed with Rollins. It's not like he's champion every fucking day. Yeah, it's like doing other stuff. It's not like that's what people's biggest issue with Charlotte is. Like, she's a great wrestler, yes, but she's champion all the time. Mm-hmm. Or she's in the title picture. Yeah, I know a couple years ago she wasn't, but, like, you can't just be like, oh, and the same thing when they did with Reigns. So, basically, he wasn't champion all year, and then they just thrust him back into it. But, I mean, you gotta yeah. make new stars, and just, and that they've flat out not done that. And no, I, feel like, I agree. And I think Black is going to be the next kind of guy. He'll be His career will be just like Nakamura's. Like, he'll get there to a little bit, and then they'll just knock him back down to where he is now. Mm-hmm. And then he'll be another guy. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks. Cause he was, uh, not, I don't think he was obviously as popular as Nakamura. I think Nakamura was kind of, his career's done at this point. But I just I just don't understand. You build someone up. People, and now that they're on TV, I, I think it should be even bigger. The bigger reason to push these people is people actually start to know who these people are. Now they have some fanfare behind them. Then you push them, and they actually become bigger stars. Then you build more stars. But now they're just doing this whole fucking thing. They bring them in, and they just, oh, the cute little new toy. And then they're just like, oh, nope. Now they're not on TV anymore. And then no one cares when they bring them back. Mm-hmm. So I hope Black and Ricochet and kind of all those guys in that same tier kind of figure it out. And they push them and make them somewhat important. But I'm just like with Braun, I'm not holding my breath. No, I totally agree. We'll see. We'll see. I have some faith because he has been largely protected for the most part, but this is the same guy that was sitting in a in a closet for six months last year saying, fight me, and nothing ever came of it. So, you know, <laughs> we'll see where they, where they go with it from here. I, I, I thought the Apollo Crews match was good, but, like, you know, you, the outcome was never in doubt, you know. Um, but I will say, though, I did like the Otis Ziggler stuff. The match was what it was, but Otis finally got the girl. I would save all the markup moments I had on these two shows. That was probably the second biggest behind some of the other ones, um, like with Drew winning the championship. I thought that was absolutely amazing. Your thoughts, Mr. Marceau? 
Yeah, I actually really enjoy that match. I mean, they're creating a star of Otis. I will say that you talk all about stars. They're trying to make a star of Otis. So I will say he, he's definitely gotten over it on his own in the last couple of months. Oh, definitely. I, I definitely enjoy the match. It's actually a match that my dad enjoyed. And he doesn't really care for either guy. So, <laughs> I mean, if you get some a casual person like that, I mean, that's what you're kind of looking for. But I mean, I think the story was kind of built and like it, it was it had more of a meaning than Lashley and Black and then like Corbin and. Ziggler, or yep, Corbin Elias, and, uh, yeah. Elias, like, this had a story that people were following and actually was kind of impelling, compelling, and then, like, you, the good guy got what he got at the end. Like, that's the story that you're looking for at WrestleMania. Like, the good guy gets what he needs. And mm-hmm. Otis got the girl. I mean, we'll see what happens from here. I mean, I don't expect a ton. I mean, I think Sonya, I liked her part. I think she could maybe be something. Same with Mandy. Otis, I don't really hold my breath out for. I think he's kind of... They're just kind of riding a hot wave from here. I don't see them really doing much, but yeah, I think they just like another thing, like you said, they only build around the four horsemen. I think Sonya and Mandy are capable enough of becoming somewhat of like relevance. And they just keep they're one of the biggest victims of being pushed and then de-pushed. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. I think maybe if anything, I just think thing is this is my issue I have with this GSM. What? Now Mandy's face, basically, and she's yep. with Otis. I could so see when two weeks her turning on Otis again and being with Man or fucking Sonya again and then being loser again. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's happening. Like, with the way that they are, I could so see them, like, her turning face for a fucking hot second and realizing, then she'll realize that Otis is a fat loser and then <laughs> <laughs> again and then we'll be back. <laughs> back to square one. It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cannot hold myself saying it. Was a fat loser. <laughs> He's a fat loser. Like, like, damn, like she's she's just gonna be like, oh, this guy's a fat loser, and I'm just gonna go back to what I did before, and then nothing. Like you said, it's a groundhog day. It's going back to what was going on. And then they'll tease tension another six months, and they still won't break up because that's what they do with these women. They'll never escape the um the tag team ranks, even though they're a lot better than that. They've both improved a lot too. Sonya was a little iffy a couple there, you know, a little there. For a little while there, a couple of years ago, but they both improved a lot, and um, you know, SmackDown's women's division is hurting. I know, you know, Lacey and Naomi are good, but they need fresher faces in that title picture, not named Tamina. And I think these women can be that, and they're just they haven't done anything with them. And they were going to a year ago, the whole LBGT community uh, storyline, community, whatever the heck it's called, and, and they just didn't do it. They pulled the plug on that, and they were off TV for months. So hopefully, this leads somewhere. And you know, I, I like Otis and, and Mandy. I'm not going to sit here and complain that we got what we wanted. But, like, where do you go from here? That's the real question. Like, do that's, they... that's what I'm basically saying. Is like, I like the moment. I think it's big, but I just don't see them doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. Do you put Mandy in the title picture as a baby face? Or do you push Otis on his own without Tucker? Like, where does this really go? So I think that's the bigger question we have to kind of keep an eye out for going forward. Um, we did have the last man standing match, Edge and Orton. Again, I'm not going to crap on this like some people did. I didn't think it was terrible. But at 36 minutes, the second longest match in Mania history behind Shawn Michaels and um, uh, Bret Hart from WrestleMania 12 in the Iron Man match. I mean, it did not need to be 36 minutes. The, I think it's the first ever last man standing match we've ever had in a Mania, surprisingly enough. And I thought it was, I mean, the story was so good. I didn't want to not like this match. It just really dragged on. I liked the match. I did. I think there were some nice callbacks, some moments down the end, the emotion. Some people were really hating on this. I liked it, but it could have been a lot better. Um, the commentary did not help. It sounded like they were calling the freaking Masters out there, like a golf tournament. That's how bad this thing was. From t- Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton did this no favors. 
Um, and it also didn't help that they brawled all around the PC, and we literally just saw that a month ago with Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, and they did it far better. So I that didn't really help either. And, you know, having no crowd really stunk, but you know, there were a lot of factors that really made this underwhelming. Um, I thought it was a good match, but it could have been far better in my opinion. At least Edge got his big win in the end. You know, he gave the concerto to Orton as a, you know, a, to repay him for what happened a couple of months ago. I like that, but just overall, they probably could have shaved off maybe 15, 10 to 15 minutes, and it would have been a much tighter, stronger match in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree with you. This is one of those matches like I was saying earlier. It just like felt like they were more acting than actually wrestling. The fucking moaning and the fucking yelling. Fucking Orin, like, punched... At one point, Orin, like, fucking punched them or kicked them or something. Mm. They both were around for, like, ten minutes. I'm like, get the fuck up. I'm like, <laughs> that Tom Phillips and fucking Byron Saxon aren't saying a fucking lick. So mm. you're just sitting there, and you're like, okay. <laughs> like, they weren't saying anything, so they, you're like, this yeah. is fucking boring. It sounded and like they were calling a funeral out there, dude. Oh, God, it was brutal. And the worst part, I think this is the worst part, once they got, like to the backstage where the fucking truck was, I think it lasted... I think that whole scene in the match was like 15 minutes. It felt like it took fucking forever. I'm mm. like, hey, we get it. They fucking climb up. They don't. They fucking climb up again. I'm like, oh my fucking God. Finish the match. Like, <laughs> it was a good match. I just felt like once they got out of like the weight room section of the PC, it fucking dragged ass. Yeah. I'm sorry. I enjoyed it. I think, like you said, they shaved 15 minutes off it. Would have been better. In front of a crowd, it would have been better. But, like, that match from NXT last night made that match look like fucking shit. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was... It was. I was going to say, do you think Argano and Ciampa from Wednesday was what Edge and Orton should have been? It, it, it's what it should have been, and it was 15 minutes longer, and it, I didn't... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. I did not have one point, I'm like, oh, this is fucking dragging on. Like, that match last night was what that match should have been, and, and the worst part is it was 15 minutes longer, and it mm-hmm. fucking and shit, and I was still entertained. Mm-hmm. I just it just dragged on way too long. I, although I will say Edge and Orton probably had the better finish. Well, yeah, I mean, I hate the finish from last night, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I kind of assume that's what the finish of last night is going to be, like, kind of like going back to the beginning, but I think the, the match itself was good. It just was a little too long. Yeah, no, I agree. It was definitely a little too long, but I enjoyed it probably more than this, which was still good, but could have been a lot better. Uh, we'll quickly wrap up here. We got four matches to go. I mean, these next two, we really don't have much to say about. Street Profits versus um, Andrew Garza, Austin Theory. Street Profits still the Raw Tag Team Champions. Bianca Belair gets the call-up. Um, your quick thoughts on the match and the call-up of Bianca Belair. I actually enjoyed this match. Um, I really didn't have any, expo- any kind of like high expectations. I really enjoyed the match. That was actually better than I expected. I thought the finish was going to like actually set up something for the future because it kind of was like a... Not a wonky finish, but like theory and theory in theory would have won if he hit him <laughs> with his finisher. Yeah. But then he interfered and kind of just like hit him with the frog splash, and then Dawkins kind of just like half-assedly rolled over and threw his arm over. So I'm like, okay, like they'll probably follow up on Monday. Then they did that fucking long ass. <laughs> was so bad. Million DQs, which was just stupid. But I thought the match was good. Be Belair and Raw. That's cool and all, but I mean. I know you're not our biggest fan. Hey, hey, take a number because you're probably never going to skip the title. So get ready for I, Bianca I Belair like versus Nia Jax. I, I, like her, I like her a lot. I mean, I like her a lot more than fucking Nia Jax. I know that. <laughs> I just like I just fear for anyone getting called up. It's like get ready to sit in catering for a while because you're never going to do anything. Yeah, yeah. I sh- I don't think people should get their hopes up. I do think there's a better chance she gets pushed 
a little, I think she wins gold on the main roster more so than, she might be an Alexa Bliss type, although she did a lot in NXT, where she wins gold on the main roster, not in NXT, but I wouldn't get my hopes up just quite yet, because I don't see that happening anytime soon, just because, you know, they, they, they're they they're so heavy on the four horse women, and they have Nia Jax back, I don't see it happening, it looks like she'll be paired to the Street Profits for the time being, which considering she's married to one of them, ain't the worst place to be, and it's better than having matches with, you know, Dana Brooke on main event every week, so there is that, um, it, it could still get to that point, but hopefully not. Um, Bailey still the SmackDown Women's Champion, beating Lacey, Naomi, Sasha, Tamina in an elimination fatal five-way match. Uh, kind of what I figured it would be. Bailey and Sasha teasing tension, but no split. You know, just yet they're obviously building to that. I thought this was the right finish. Didn't really care too much about the match. Probably dragged down a little longer than it needed to. Um, but I like the story they're telling there with Bailey and Sasha. I don't think Bailey's a great heel at all, like we talked about last week. But I think Sasha beating her for the belt is the way to go. Uh, do you agree, Mister Marcel? Yeah, I actually thoroughly enjoy this match for what it was. I mean, I, I didn't really have high expectations. I thought the match was better than I expected it was going to be. Like the little tease of tension between Sasha and Bailey. I, after the fact, someone showed us like they had the spotlight on Bailey and Sasha was walking back. It's like, oh, now the spotlight's on Bailey, not on Sasha. So like her kind of seeing that, like knowing that Bailey's be- at this point like seen as a better light than she is. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, we know at the end that this is the feud and SmackDown. Eventually, Sasha's going to break up. I think Sasha will turn heel on her. Bailey can go back being face, if she's freaking awful as a heel. Like, not good at all. So hopefully, Banks goes heel. Bailey goes back to being a face. I don't know if she has to go back to the dramatic fucking lover character again, but like, just a good good face. Good face. That's yeah. all I ask for. Yeah, better than uh, what she is as a heel. It's actually better than I expected. I mean, I kind of didn't expect a lot. I thought it was going to suck, and yep. I was actually thoroughly enjoyed on what I saw. Yeah, no, I thought it was it was better than I thought it would be. You know, they told a good story if nothing else and uh, they got to meet out of there quickly. That's all I can really ask for. So, I can't I can't complain about this. I thought it was all right. Uh, final two matches here. I got to go in a couple minutes, but uh, we'll make it quick. Brian, uh, the Fiend Bray Wyatt versus John Cena Firefly Funhouse match. I mean, this is really what we've been waiting for because I thought this was tremendous. Like you said, it was really I don't even know what to think the first time around, but they had me glued to my TV. I thought it was a perfect storytelling masterpiece. And I thought they killed it. I think this is the type of match Wyatt should be having in WWE. Like, this guy would have been perfect in Lucha Underground. Because as a wrestler, he really ain't that good. But, like, if you put him in this type of environment, he shines. So I thought this was, uh, I thought this was terrific. I, I really, really like this. Like the callbacks, the WrestleMania 30 and the NWO, like if John Cena turned heel. And, you know, if he went through the 80s and he was the Hulk Hogan of that time period. Like, so many callbacks to his debut and everything else. And it was kind of like a dream sequence. You either loved it or you hated it. I was in the camp that really, really liked it. Considering you watched the back the next day, I assume you really, really liked it as well. I did. I think maybe it was, I don't know, I don't know if it was just as that Agent Warren match just dragged on. But after that match, I just was, like, very drowsy and just tired. I don't know, like, it was no later than the night before, so it's not like I was staying up till midnight and I was just tired. I don't know if that match just, like, pulled me to sleep and I just couldn't get out of it. But, like, seeing the match, I was just kind of more, like, mind-blown. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Then, like, I'm like, okay, I need to rewatch it again tomorrow when I'm, like, sane yeah. and not sleepy. And then when I rewatched it again, like, I actually listened to more and, like, kind of, like, understood where the match was going and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think just... Watching it live at first, I just like wasn't really in the mindset. I was just kind of tired. But rewatching it back, and like you said, all the callbacks and kind of Wyatt saying like this is going to be your hardest match against yourself, and he's going through all his downfalls and what could have been and all this other stuff. Like that's what it needed to be. Like that's what the match planned out at first. I like, kind of didn't have that like mindset actually understanding what was going on. Mm-hmm. But when I rewatched it, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good match. Or- yeah. 
I really well. enjoyed it. I really hope they do more stuff like this in the future because I think this was uh like I, I it was art. I thought it was art. I really really enjoyed it. And I would love to see them more do more of this type of stuff in the future. Uh, final match here: Drew McIntyre knocking off Brock Lesnar in a four minute match. It was a flurry of finishers. It was what it was. Uh, becoming the WWE champion. Not a real big fan of the match, but the finish was what I thought it should have been. And McIntyre is a made man. I would say after this, new WWE champion beats Brock in five minutes. How many people can say that aside from Seth Rollins? Um, I, and Goldberg, I guess, but, um, you know, I think he won the rumble, got over, won the championship. This is how you book a star in my opinion. Yeah, it was definitely similar to Braun and Goldberg as a finisher spot fest. And, uh, I mean, Drew winning was the right, right thing to do. I just, I mean, technically the main event was against Big Show, but I mean, this is good too. I mean, it was um, a dark match technically, but I agree. Yeah. The main event, Big Show main event at WrestleMania in 2020. So that did happen. But it was a good match. It just kind of interesting to see what they do from here. I mean, I guess the thing is, like, Rollins, I would say, is, like, the biggest heel on Ron. He just he's coming off a loss. So yeah. It's like, you get a title. Like you said, realistically, Jinder would make the most sense at this point because Rollins is just coming off a loss. There really isn't anyone else, really, that would make sense. Maybe, like I said, just like I said, really, it doesn't really make sense. With Storyline, it could make sense. So mm-hmm. I would just go with that. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges there. I wrote a whole article about this yesterday, but Styles, Orton, Rollins, I mean they all lost the WrestleMania, but like you can still build them up and I think those would be good challengers for McIntyre, fresh faces for him to face because he really hasn't feuded with any of them. Um Jinder, again as a TV feud I can get behind that. Uh, maybe a rematch with Brock, which I don't think is really necessary, but you could do it if you really really want to. Um, Kevin Owens challenged, you know, the champion. I know they're both baby faces, but that's an idea. Andrade, maybe at some point down the road when he's not suspended or injured. Um, there's always that. And they had, you know, they had, remember they had that feud in NXT and Andrade beat him for the NXT championship. I just remembered that completely forgot about that. And McIntyre never got his rematch. So you can always go back to that down the road if you want to. Um, yeah, Bobby Lashley, I just gave up completely all hope on, so that ain't happening. But yeah, still, um, I think there's a lot of potential there with Drew McIntyre as the new Universal, or rather the WWE Champion. Uh, I thought this was a good show, though. I liked Night 2 um, just as much as Night 1, if not a little less, but both shows I thought were great. Um, final thoughts here in uh, WrestleMania 36, Mar- Mr. Marceau, after going through the whole card. I thought it was a good show, I think. Like you said, the two nights was definitely, I liked it more. I'm not a night... I'm not a night owl like you are, so I mean, by 10, 10.30 normally, I'm either sleeping or about to go to sleep, so both nights ended around that time. I didn't have to stay up too late, um, so that was good. I don't know in the future how practical it is. I, th- I mean, I think they could do it. Yeah. I mean, you Tonight, pitched it on Twitter. Like, what did you say? You got tickets for both days or something? What did you tweet yeah, me? Yeah, just like an all-inclusive, like maybe it'll cost a little bit more because it's two different nights. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to be, because it would be the same as one night, but just you could do either buy tickets for both nights or just either or. But like you said, if there was either or, then you'd have to like advertise the card. Mm-hmm. People basically bought tickets for the shows that they don't want. But <laughs> yeah. you know, I, think, I think, or like I said, either to start it earlier. Like I can't do the freaking one a.m. WrestleMania. It's like just too long. It's awful. What is some of the matches off. I'm sorry. I understand people. Everyone wants to be on the show, and like you get more money if you're on the show. But like, it's like it does. If even if you're, I understand, like the, everyone wants to be on the show, but if you don't mean anything, like don't put them on the show. Yeah, no, I totally agree. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not their fault either, but it's like awarding being bad all year. Mm-hmm. No, so, I like, completely if, agree. Like, like you had like earn your spot in WrestleMania. That's like kind of how it should be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe if anything, throw everyone in the pre-show, everyone on the Battle Royal. Besides that, everything else on the main card like has a meaning. Besides mm-hmm. that, on the pre-show, if you don't make the pre-show, you're so sorry. 
Like, yeah. Realistically, imagine if like this year, like Elias and Corbin are actually on WrestleMania, not on the pre-show in an actual match. No one would care. Yeah, I know exactly. That's going to be on the show. Yeah. So hopefully, if they can possibly do it two nights, um, that'd be cool. Um, but if not, just just trim the show down a little bit. Yeah. No, just trim it down as opposed to making it seven hours. Just turn it into a, like a four or five hour show, and I think it'd be perfect. So hopefully, they could do that for next year. I thought the two day event really worked out well. So. Time will tell. I mean, I think it's a practical idea, but we'll see. But I thought this was a really, really good event. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do going forward in the immediate aftermath of the empty arena PC shows. And uh, it was a good, you know, distraction from everything going on, if nothing else. So thoroughly enjoyed it, Mr. Marceau. Thanks for joining me, as always, for uh, to break down WrestleMania. No, no problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care, Mr. Marceau. I'll talk to you soon. I'll catch you rest on the road. You want to do something. All right, adios. Yeah.